Hello and welcome to CBuzz, a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber, CD1025, and the Columbus Dispatch. On CBuzz, we bring you the best stories from Columbus business owners. I'm your host, Dan Swartout, and today we are so thrilled to be joined by Zach Traxler from Traxler Custom Printing. Zach, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. It's a nice break from the chaos. Now, what's uh, what's the current chaos you're involved in? Oh, let's see. Day started with my children up at like 5 a.m. How um, many kids do you have? I have two. Yep, a three-year-old and a 10-month-old. That's chaos at any time of the day. Oh, yeah. It's tons of fun. I want to get into your background because you have a very interesting background. You grew up in Ohio, raised in Ohio, and originally you wanted to go into the arts, correct? I mean, yeah. when did you when did you kind of figure that out, your artistic bent, and, and how does that kind of play into what you do now? Um, well... I guess for lack of a better term or a hipster term, a maker, um, you know, that's a, a, a word that's tossed around a lot today. And uh, it's like the hipster term for, I guess, using your hands. Right. Um, but I grew up in a family of makers, whether they were entrepreneurs or they were physically making goods. My grandfather is a master craftsman of wood, um, right. has a huge tree farm in Kentucky, uh, used to be an entrepreneur here in central Ohio, owning Zachariah's um, Red Eye Saloon, nice. the castle. Absolutely. And uh, my mom worked for small business incubators and nonprofits helping uh basically small businesses and medium sized businesses and large businesses nationally and internationally thrive. And so growing up in my mom's office, helping stuff envelopes, I learned a lot about what it takes to be a small business owner and the support community around that. But then going to the farm and working with my father or my grandfather on wood projects, seeing him be a very haptic person and creating with his hands. So I knew from a very young age that it was something I wanted to pursue. Outside of those two people, my father um, founded Surf Ohio in 1978, <laughs> and uh, which you know is a, a cult classic brand here in Ohio and now growing all over the United States. And we can talk a little bit more about that later and what's on the horizon for that. But um, you know, my grand my grandmother was uh, at Ohio State. She was a dance. She did dance instruction. Right. So she did creative movement. Um, my father was an artist. My mother, you know, being in nonprofit with small business and my grandfather being a, a maker, all of these coming together and being a very haptic person growing up. Um, and Athens, Ohio was, is where I actually predominantly grew up. I was literally skipping class to go hang out in the art room or, you know, just doodling all day long. And, um, spending weekends with my father were spending weekends with my father and learning how to print t-shirts. So yeah. it was very exciting. That is so considering your background, your artistic background, being a maker, being from a family of makers. I'm interested in your career path taking a bit of a turn into more of the corporate world for a time. Why did you make that change? And, and what was that like for you being in that environment coming from a world of makers? Yeah, so uh, I actually have an identical twin brother, Alex Traxler, who owns Griffin Hollow Studio, um, and he works with wood. He, he kind of followed the lineage of the family following my grandfather. Mm -hmm. um, and I followed my father in, in, in printing. Um, growing up, learning about printing, it was cool. Um, it was fun. But I didn't ever think it was going to be something that I would do as a professional career. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when I was 12 or 13, I took it upon myself to do a uh, product package uh, exercise with a startup in Athens called Athens Own. And they would buy 
uh, sustainably sourced fair trade coffee from Stoffs and roasted in Athens, and they just didn't have any branding. And so I built the branding for that company. At 12 and 13 years old? Yeah, and, and which inevitably <laughs> led to me riding, you know, we lived outside of Athens, so I had to, to do work. I had to ride my bike into Athens. Um, and, you know, that exercise was to develop the the branding of this company and then actually help them label all of the product, deliver the product. And I did a lot of that on my bike. Um, and I kind of fell in love with you know, product packaging and design and branding then. Um, but as I was doing that and helping Constantine and his company and meeting other business owners, it was a very exciting aspect of sales. And my mom always thought and always says and still does that I was a wheeler and a dealer from the day I was born. And, it, you know, if I was working on a hobby project, I'd figure out a way to monetize that hobby project, which <laughs> makes a lot of my hobbies not hobbies anymore. It makes them jobs. But um, so, you know, growing up at an early age, I was always, you know, flipping things, whether it was t-shirts or skateboards or, you know, a branding kit that whether they used it or not, and they were just trying to help out a little kid, you know, it was exciting for me. Um, I, but, I, I imagine that had to be incredibly exciting. You're 12, you're 13 years old, and these grown-ups have kind of entrusted a significant portion of their business to you. That must yeah. have been enthralling. Yeah, it was, it was super exciting because, you know, watching the evolution of Athens Own and just their coffee portion, Don Chorus is the, the brand of their coffee, watching that grow from, you know, the pharmacy, which is like the equivalent of Columbus or uh, Clintonville Co-op, um, Watching that that product go into that store and be on shelves there, that was one thing. And then Bob's IGA across the street, which is no longer there, picked it up. And then Kroger picked it up. Right. And then, you know, and it continually grew. And it's really only available in Athens County. But just watching the local economy there pick up something that cool and then having what I created on it, on it, was it was a super cool experience. And it was just, it was uh, very, very exciting and, and driving to... Uh, I guess where I am today. And that's just a small portion of it. Um, you know, outside of that, our family being makers, you know, we, my grandfather, uh, you know, was a carpenter. My, my stepfather was a carpenter and did a lot of Habitat for Humanity. Mm -hmm. So growing up, learning how to paint, frame houses and stuff like that, plumbing, um, you know, the, there's so many hats that a small business owner can wear and I can literally put any one of them on at any point of the day. If a water line breaks, I know how to fix it. If electric goes out, I know how to fix that. Um, and so getting, that, getting to your point of where I eventually led to corporate world, the big gray area in between that I was, you know, uh, hooked on sales from a young age. Right. So I was doing a lot of sales, whether it was selling cars or selling products like always for, be closing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Always be closing and keep it simple. Or what is it? Kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Keep yeah, it yeah. Simple, stupid. Yeah. Um, or law of averages. Um, A I D A. Yeah. I'm just it. quoting Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross yeah, right yeah, now. That's go. all I'm yeah, doing. Yeah. I think I still have that book. I should have burned it. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, I worked for AT&T for a while doing outside sales, Columbus Dispatch. Um, you know, when I moved to Columbus, the idea was for me to, I moved in the middle of high school. So I knew I wanted to do art. I lotteried into Fort Hayes, uh, commercial arts program, right. was obsessed with it. The inevitable goal was to go to CCAD. Mm -hmm. I got to CCAD and then learned that, um, institutionalized education wasn't exactly for me. It's great for other people, mm -hmm. but you know, looking at the, the dollars attached to that and what I was getting out of it, you know, I, th I felt personally, and some people still say I might be stupid for doing this, that I could teach everything that I needed to learn from them myself. And I, I grew up, you know, asking questions and not making assumptions. And so, uh, doing that, you know, and leaving CCAD and then just kind of figuring out for a few years what I wanted to do, um, 
it was a struggle, but it, you know, I learned and gained a lot of experience from it. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the decisions that I made back then. Some of them good, some of them probably really bad, but um, you know, all of those experiences together uh, are what created what my wife and I have started. So, which is tracks like custom printing. Go out on your own from the corporate world to, to being an entrepreneur, your own business, Traxler Tees. What was that initial period like when you're out there on your own away from the corporate world? Obviously your ability to wheel and deal to sell must've been helpful at the beginning. Yeah. So there was some overlap. Um, we founded Traxler Tees, September 2010, actually three days after my wife and I got married, September 21st, um, 2010. No yeah, I was with uh, Timothy Wolf Star uh, on his birthday in his backyard. We were all drunk and we filed my business paperwork, thank God correctly. Um, <laughs> well, you, and then you we misspelled had a, <laughs> LLC yeah, on right? here. What's yeah. going on? Uh, and, uh, you know, and that, that, that was fun. Um, and then, you know, from September to March, uh, I still worked at Manta.com full time. I was an analyst there, um, but they were they were making internal changes. And, you know, I was I loved I loved the job that I had there and I loved everything I did leading up to when I left. But the position that um, I was in line for wasn't exactly where I saw my career going if I was to stay in. Right. The, you know, Internet world or corporate world. Um, and so I had a, a bonus coming up. And so I kind of stuck around and helped them shore up my position within the company. Mm -hmm. And then March, 2011, I decided to, what I have spoken on numerous times at AMAs is called jumping ship. Mm -hmm. Um, so looking back and after speaking at a lot of AMAs and, and AMA, could you, could you spell uh, American marketing association? Okay, excellent. Thank um, you. Uh, speaking at those events and trying to give or shed light and, and, and give encouragement to those that are either close to or in a position to jump ship or leave their job, their full-time job to pursue their happiness and, and their dreams. I'm like constantly, you know, every time I get on stage and talk about it, I'm like, man, I should have like saved six months of overhead. I should have like <laughs> found a business location. You, you should have done like, everything you I didn't do. Exactly. But I learned a lot from it. Uh -huh. But, um, you know, so making that transition, uh, it was very tough. Luckily, my wife, Erin, um, she was at Columbus State for dietetics. Um, that was her major. She switched to small business administration and finance. She Perfect. was totally on board. Good. So she did our bookkeeping. You know, we got hooked up with Matt Crumpton uh, when he was still a small business attorney, mm -hmm. then Dustin Torres, and then later the Hasties. Um, so we, we knew uh, from my background of working with my mom in small business startup incubator nonprofit sector, the tools that businesses need to survive right out the gate. And that's, if you're not an accountant, hire an accountant. If you're not an attorney, hire an attorney. There's going to be a lot of upfront costs and it's going to be hard to swallow, but at the end of the day, it's going to drive you 10, 20, hundred times farther than if you were just to jump ship. I've got six months of overhead saved and you burn that just trying to do all this stuff on your own instead of focusing right. on growing the brand. And so, you know, we launched with the, uh, business plan in mind, very light business plan. I don't think we ever typed it up. It was on like yellow legal paper. Um, <laughs> but with, with, with certain goals and, and, and aspirations in mind and picking, what, what was that first goal? Uh, the first goal was to not get evicted. And this is where I kind of want to talk a little bit about Surf Ohio. You know, my parents were never married. So growing up, we got to spend, you know, as many weekends as we could with my father. And as a kid, I just, I never really got what he did. I didn't understand Surf Ohio. I always got the Surf Ohio shirts. It was cool. It was fun. Um, 
getting older and going into his shop and learning how the technical aspects of things were, that was very, very educational to me. And it's, and it's assets and tools that I, I'm glad that I learned at the time. I probably kind of despised going into a shop at the time of, and you know, I kept uh-huh. like, let's go to Malibu racetrack or something <laughs> like that. Let's not be heard, playing in your shop. So reference to Malibu. Yeah, come on, man. That's what we used to do. So, uh, or go fly planes at the park or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, the whole Surf Ohio thing, and you know, there's so many different stories about how Surf Ohio started. But it's funny because, like, right now we're we're having this conversation this morning as we're shooting our next next commercial with Seraph. Um, we were talking about heritage and where Surf Ohio was born. Uh-huh. So I actually had a call, like a like almost an hour call this morning with my dad. Like, what's the real deal with Surf Ohio? And so, just to touch quickly on that, it was the blizzard of '78 at yeah. OU. I mean, he actually had Surf Ohio drawings and sketches in mind when he went to Whetstone High School in the, uh-huh. in the late '70s. '76 is actually when the '78 back design was actually created. Um, blizzard of '78 happened. What a huge deal that was! Yeah, and actually, if you look back on it, I mean, and if you if you equated Blizzard of '78 to today's standards, the university would have still been open. It would have never happened. Uh-huh. So. Um, but everybody was making I Survived the Blizzard of 78 shirts. My dad had one. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, my father worked at Skis Teases or the underwear. I can't remember what it was called back in the day um, at OU. And Skis like, we got to do a, a I Survived the Blizzard shirt. And Ron's like, my dad, Ron Kaplan, was like, no, let's, no, let's, let's, you're beating a dead horse. We're way past, you know, a few days after the blizzard. We're way past that. Um, we missed that opportunity. Right. And so my dad presented the back of, what, what became the back of the surf Ohio design, it was the actual front initially, um, which was the Olin Tangy or Hawking Surf Surfers Classic. Yeah. Um, and Ski's like, well, we need to put that on the back and we got to figure out something for the front. And he already had the front image design, which is the iconic surf guy. Yes. Um, and figured out this Euro text and dropped it underneath it. And then it just went like bananas. I mean, it was the equivalent of, you know, something going viral back in the day, you didn't have social media, you no. didn't have computers really. Um, and if you did, you'd be super rich, but <laughs> it, it, you know, it went, it literally went viral there. They couldn't keep the shirts in stock. I mean, they were printed, they were printing them as fast as they, they possibly could. And, and it just, it was a super, uh, you know, super unsaturated market because everybody had saturated the market with this. I survived the blizzard. So it was so iconic and, and it showed up on television. It was on family ties. Arnold had them. Um, was, wasn't it on full house as well? I think yeah, actually maybe it was full house. Yeah. Um, which is funny because I still get messages from people like at three o'clock in the morning, why they're up at three o'clock in the morning watching full house. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to ask those questions. Uh, but you a friend of mine, dude, a friend don't of mine, ask those questions. A, a friend of mine was in Florida of all places on a, like a Friday night at like midnight and I get a text message or a picture message of his TV in his hotel room. And he's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, wait, why are you in your hotel room on a Friday night in Florida, dude? Watching full house. Let's be real. You have gone from basically a husband and wife team mm-hmm. to having 24 employees now in a matter of five years, yep. basically. Yeah. That's tremendous growth. What was the process like when you first had to go out there get employees, grow your staff. What, what, what was that process like? And what kind of advice could you give to other entrepreneurs who are facing that same good problem? Yeah. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is you've got to make where you work, you know, it's, I've got three, like two homes, really two, three homes. And, and I spend a majority of my time at the company. Mm -hmm. You know, I I work from 7 30 AM till, 
probably five and I go home, hang out with the kids and the wife. And then I'm back on the computer working until I pass out. And that's not always enjoyable sometimes, but, um, you know, so while I'm at work, I'm there to ensure that my employees are comfortable. They're enjoying what they do. They're putting it you know, 110% in. We call our printers lifers because when we do go through the interview process, you know, this isn't something you can learn in school. And so there's a lot, you've got to start at probably the, one of the crappiest positions at said company, whether it's my company or another company that does screen printing and work your way toward the press. Mm -hmm. And so once you get to the press, you've got to dedicate your skill set and mainly the remainder of your life to the press. But, um, you know, with our grassroots job creation, uh, we were fortunate enough that because of our branding and how we, we carried our buy local, buy Ohio mantra, um, we got Graham Irwin in from CCAD. Mm-hmm. We were his first job out of college. He stuck with us and put off a lot of different job offers um, to work with us and help grow the company. And because of the excitement that he had coming into the company and the people that we brought on after him, that excitement is still just as live as it is, you know, was in March 2011 as it is in March uh, 2016. And it's, it's, it's crazy because like, I know when other screen printing shops are laying off or their business is a little more cyclical than ours because we get floods of, you know, we, we never put, we hardly ever, we, sometimes we've put job postings out for temporary positions. We've never really had to put a job posting out for a permanent position because we've got stacks of resumes of, you know, some of the top printers from all over the state, we've got guys driving in from Bellefontaine, Ohio to work for us. Uh, Marion, Ohio, uh, one of our designers used to drive in from. And so you've got to create an attractive place to work and and kind of uphold that. And, you know, we, we look at our staff as a family and treating everyone as a family. At the end of the day, it is a business. So you've got to be kind of strict on those rules, but, um, you know, staying true to your promise that everybody that you bring into the company has the same overall mission. And, and with us, that's to put every technical aspect and every ounce of thinking and, and quality that we can into everything that we produce, um, to ensure that, you know, the blood, sweat and tear that you bring in up until the point of coming to Traxel with your branding or your project is carried through the blood, sweat and tears that we produce to get you the final product. So it's all about, you know, just embodying 110% of what you do every day. You've mentioned several times the idea of locally sourced, support local, buy local, support the community. Do you think that vision for your company has helped you succeed locally more so than perhaps some of your competitors? So, yeah, again, touching back on uh, jumping ship, you know, the one thing we didn't do and I probably should have was like a market analysis. Uh Um, There are 100 screen printers and a less than 20 mile radius of us. Really? A hundred. So you're, you're entering a pretty fierce market. There were more in 2010 when we started than there are in 2016. Um, and whether they're a garage shop or they're a 200,000 square foot facility, um, we had to figure out something that people would, you know, kind of embody and carry when they wanted an experience other than going to customing.com and just brainlessly clicking around and hitting order. Uh, by the way, we're always cheaper than customing always. Uh, but the, you know, I, I attribute, you know, 2010 was a turning point for agriculture and produce and that, you know, that's when you really started seeing the whole sustainably sourced, locally right. sourced movement with food. And I, you know, growing up in Athens, that movement 
I, I don't ever remember a time where local wasn't important and moving to Columbus, specifically Clintonville. Um, I feel like Clintonville is like just, a, uh, an Athens on steroids dropped in the middle of Columbus. Right. And so, um, that's why I've always stuck in Clintonville. Cause I feel like I'm, I, I'm where I grew up and, um, oddly enough, a lot of people in Clintonville went to OU, which is really cool. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the whole local, local aspect of, uh, how the community is involved with each other and then us bringing a business in that's able to source everything locally. The first two years in business, we spent $1,850 on advertising, which we didn't even need to spend. We were just spending that to see if it worked. You mentioned just before we started recording that a big focus for Traxler this year is kind of a social movement focus where you would pick different social movements that would come to you, raise awareness, obviously. Obviously, the Columbus for Flint is one of them. Can you tell us a little bit more about this social movement cause, how it came to be, that component, and what you're looking to do more with it? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, kind of one of the ideas when we founded Traxler Custom Printing, first and foremost, uh, we were used, we used to be branded as Traxler Tees, but we got out of retail, so changed the name to Traxler Custom Printing to reflect that. Um but we've we've always kind of latched on to some sort of charity or social cause with any viral shirt that we've released or any campaign that we've launched. Um, just another way for us to give back to the community. Right. We also built the brand on Buy Local, Buy Ohio. So all of the ink, material, supplies, equipment, labor, everything that we do, we predominantly source from other Ohio-based businesses. Um, and the reason for that is about 63% of every dollar spent locally stays local. So if you spend your dollars with us, we're going to further drive those dollars into the local economy um, and try and stimulate it as best we can, um, trying to include job creation and right. everything else that goes along with that. Because we literally push as hard as humanly possible this buy local, buy Ohio mantra. That doesn't, I mean, when I say that, we can't get everything from Ohio. So don't get me wrong. I mean, there are apparel items that we do have to order from out of state, mm -hmm. but we buy them through distributors that are based in Ohio. So the money is driven locally. Um, but the, I, I think that had we not adopted buy local, buy Ohio from day one, mm -hmm. we would probably have struggled and maybe never even made it past year two. But because of that mantra and that branding and our promise to carry the Ohio economy with us as hard as, as, hard as we can and as far as we can, um, our customers appreciate that. And the authenticity of, um, you know, us being forward with them like, oh, you know, this shirt isn't available in Ohio. And they're like, it's okay. Yeah, we know the ink is or the, the equipment is, right. et cetera. So very important. But. Do you think that message resonates more strongly in Columbus, Ohio than it might in some other cities? And if so, why? I would say um, it's my experience that, yes, in Athens, southeastern Ohio is very local. Mm -hmm. um, Central Ohio, very local. I really haven't had the need or opportunity really to expand to Cincinnati or Cleveland or Toledo um, that is on the horizon for 2016. That's going to be a focus. Um, I, you know, I, there are so many people that need just shirts in Columbus that, it, you know, we haven't had to reach nationally. Yes, we'd love more national clients. Mm -hmm. And this business model might not apply to them, but that's where our quality comes in and our pricing comes in. Um, but I think that, you know, if I was to go to Ashland, Ohio, I wouldn't have the same local VOR uh, branded experience that I would. You are a young individual growing a business. At the same time, you have grown a family. 
you married just before starting the business, you have two young children, and you've done all this while growing your business, as you said, exponentially. What is your trick for work-life balance, and, and what would you say to somebody else facing those same kind of issues? Uh, it's actually super difficult. It's still a struggle that my wife Erin and I have. Um, you know, you've definitely got to set boundaries. Um, you know, I don't work on the weekends anymore. Um, I might right. check email on my phone, but I'm not like in Photoshop or Illustrator or writing up orders. You know, they can wait till Monday. We're not a 24 seven shop though. It would probably be cool if we were, um, you know, I, I think that first and foremost, setting boundaries is, mm -hmm. is, is very important. Um, but before even setting boundaries is just having the open dialogue with whoever your, your spouse is or, you know, whoever you're in partnership with, whether it's a business partner or a marriage, um, you know, it's, it's good to, to talk things out. You know, when we had our daughter three years ago, uh, Aaron became a stay at home mom, mm -hmm. um, less involved with the business, but I still, have open dialogue with Aaron about right. what's going on with the business because she can see what I'm wearing every day is not, not my clothes, <laughs> but what I'm wearing on my sleeve, you know, Absolutely. it's like, you know, when we hit a down season, like, believe it or not, you know, printing is heavy through the summer, but July is slow because all the decision makers at companies are taking vacations. And so right. there's like a two week period where we're actually slow in July. And like, I actually suffer from seasonal depression. And so winter, even if we're busy, I hate it. Like, and probably Ohio's not the right place for that, but cause it's like 30 degrees one day and 75 the next. But, um, you know, uh, uh I don't do all of my venting to her. I found other people and Good. advisors to vent to. Um, and then if I still need to, you know, I, I talk it out with my wife, but it's, you know, being a small business owner, growing a business rapidly is terrifying in itself, but then trying to shake things up at home, that's not a good idea. So right. again, just open dialogue. It is what it is. You've got to be completely honest, um, with yourself. And if you're not, you've got to correct it as soon as possible and, and just and persevere and move forward. Um, at the end of the day, I am CEO and founder and the decisions come down to me. But if it's a big decision, then I'm going to bring my wife in. She helped start the company. Even if right. she didn't help start the company, I'd have that conversation with her. It's, it's our life together. Sure. So, um, you know, we just want to provide what we can for our staff and, and our family. So Zach Traxler, Traxler Custom Printing. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Where can we find you online? Uh, your website, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Yep. So uh, on Facebook, we're at Traxler Custom Printing. On Twitter, we're Traxler Printing. Instagram, Traxler Printing. Soon we'll be relaunching our Periscope feed uh, to live stream customers' orders as they're being printed. That is amazing. I wanted to touch on that very quickly before we go. Pe people are going to be able to see their orders printed. They're going to be able to watch it physically happen. That is incredible. Yep. So big focus for 2016, end of 2015, and definitely carrying into 2016 and beyond was us to become as lean as possible. And part of us becoming lean is being able to pinpoint uh, within the hour when a client's order is going to press. And so wow. we'll send out a notification to them, letting them know that their order is going to press. Um, and at that point, we will uh, pass over to them our Periscope channel and they can watch their order uh, go live to press, you know, see the whole thing printed front and back, sleeve, inside out. Um, that yeah. is... Uh 
for, for peace of mind's sake, for a client, for a customer, right. to get that notification, to watch it happen, and to know that there's going to be no surprises, one, when the box of shirts is showing up, and two, when you open the box of shirts, right. that's got to be such an incredible, I think incredible. It, I think it's going to be a great experience for the client, but it's going to be really cool for... Uh, again, nonprofit organizations that are trying to promote their event, you right. know, like Down Syndrome Association of Central Ohio. We do all of their printing for the Buddy Walk. That's going to be really cool for um, them to share that with the people that have donated to get those shirts and then the children that suffer from Down Syndrome to be able to watch what they're going to wear in the Buddy Walk or the 5K. Um, for businesses like you know retail companies like where I'm from, they can then broadcast to that to their audience, which is, you know, their, their retail customers. So they get to see what goes into making a t-shirt again wow. with 20, us being in the 21st century, people think it's just click and ship, but it's not you know, to make one t-shirt at our facility, it takes 15 people. It's not just print, print, print. There's mm -hmm. a lot of technical stuff that goes into, into the back end of it. Um, but yeah, so we're at, uh, Traxler custom printing on Facebook at Traxler printing on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we'll relaunch Periscope soon, so follow us on Twitter for that information. And we're at TrexlerCustomPrinting.com, and our retail uh, site is back live. So we do have some fun uh, dump drump shirts and some other local uh, businesses that can can take advantage of our fulfillment um, services in our facility at TrexlerTees.com. Traxler Custom Printing. Zach Traxler, thank you so much for joining us here on CBuzz. It has been a fascinating conversation. This was an awesome break to my crazy day, so thank you. <laughs> Back to the chaos for you. I'm glad we could be the calm in the storm. Thank you so much, Zach Traxler, and, and thank you for listening to CBuzz. If you love our show, please make sure you drop us a rating or review on iTunes. It means a whole lot to hear from you. We want to hear your feedback, so please Check us out on iTunes. Give a review. Give some feedback. Give us a rating. Hopefully, five stars. Um, once again, my name is Dan Swartout, your host of CBuzz. Thank you so much for listening. CBuzz is a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber, CD1025, and the Columbus Dispatch. CBuzz is produced by Delara Casey, engineering by Mark Pasternak from Jump Goat Media, and the recording studio is provided by GrooveU. Thank you to our partners. Thank you again to Zach Traxler, and thanks most of all to you for listening to CBuzz. We appreciate it, and we will see you next time.